So, is it really over? I believe I've mentioned this more than once. This particular wonder is endless. To the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, and joining me in the studio today, Mr. Mikey Arsenault. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Welcome back. Thank you. So I'm tired today. Yes, I can tell. <laughs> uh, I got up at about five this morning. It is Saturday that we're recording this right now. I woke up at five in the morning. I went to uh, the school that I work at, drove an hour and a half from there to a track meet where we were there all day. And got home about, I don't know, half hour ago. And now, uh, because I love the audience so much, <laughs> we are recording our show now. So, I might be in and out mentally on this one. I don't know. But I'm going to try my best to stay with it because there's a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. That's right. It's been a busy, busy week as far as news goes and as far as a lot of other things goes. I actually have a ton of geekouts and freakouts. So, we might as well hop right into them and uh, get started here. Yay! What are you geeking out over, Mikey? Hmm. Well, I've been able to do a lot of things that I've been meaning to do. You know, not just like short term, just like one of these long term things that you've always wanted to do. Okay. Um, I finally went out. I got my motorcycle permit. Oh. Yeah, I got that hmm, probably like two months ago. I was driving back from uh, the de- Department of Unemployment mm-hmm. and I drove by uh, an RMV. I'm like, well, let's do this. <laughs> really? So it's just, totally spur of the oh, moment. Totally spur of the moment. Wow. Drove right in. I'm like, here's my 30 bucks. Let's make this happen. No kidding. Took my test. Passed by like one point. It was harder than I thought. No studying whatsoever. No just, studying whatsoever. I'm just like, great. let's do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I think if you were younger, it would be a lot easier because they had a lot of questions on there that only newer drivers would know about. Right. You know, the different um, rules for being under the age of 18. Okay. So I basically got all those wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there was still enough questions left where I passed. I was getting pissed off, though, near the end. I'm like, <laughs> I just threw blue 30 bucks. Does it tell you as you go? Of what oh, yeah. Were? Oh, it, it does. tells okay. you right away if you got it right or wrong. There's oh, a little man. counter. Yeah. I think you needed like 18 out of 24 to pass. I got 19. Jeez. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> so I got that. I still haven't ridden any bikes or anything, but I'm pretty pumped I got it anyway. Do it's- you plan on getting a motorcycle then? Or- oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yep. Um, the, the permit's good for two years anyway, mm-hmm. so it's not like, eh, whatever. So that's why I got it now. Now, is it a permit and that's as far as it goes, or does that have to become a license? Um. Well, it doesn't have to become a license. Okay. I mean, I guess technically you could just keep going back and getting permit after permit. Yeah. There's just two restrictions, no passengers, no riding after dark, which is fine. What would it take to get the license? A road test. That's oh, okay. It. Yeah. And it's not really a road test. It's not like the cop gets on the back. Sure. <laughs> and you ride around. <laughs> and he snuggles yeah. around you and goes, let's go, buddy. <laughs> That's right. No, I guess you just go in a parking lot. Uh, you got to be able to do like figure eights in different directions. Okay. And, you know, pretty simple stuff. Cool. So I got that pumped. 
And then another one without sounding weird or crazy. Uh, <laughs> you do not have to make that stipulation here. I I made my first knife. Oh, really? Yeah. I've been a huge knife collector since, I don't know, I was probably 12. Yeah. And to me, like, a knife is not a weapon. To me, a knife is a tool. Sure. So just so you know, I have that mindset. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's yeah. what takes away the crazy part from our judgment. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, last fall, I went on a vacation and I went to this big knife store and they had supplies for making knives. And it just kind of, I didn't buy anything there, mm -hmm. but it just kind of clicked in my head. I'm like, why the hell have I never tried doing this myself? Sure. So this winter, obviously when I'm laid off and I'm not plowing, I have some downtime. I'm just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it happen. And I got a piece of steel. It's actually a piece of leaf spring off a golf cart. Mm -hmm. And I made the knife out of that. Uh, made it, did it all by hand, all hand cutting, uh, grinding it, mm -hmm. you know, with a file, all done by hand. He treated it with like myself. a hand file. You don't yeah. even oh, have yeah. like a nope. grindstone or anything. No, they, I did a lot of reading on it, and they said, you know, to get the most out of it, uh -huh. make your very first knife completely by hand. Wow. You know, because then you really appreciate it when you're done. Yeah. So I did that. I heat treated it myself. Wow. Yeah, quenched it, polished it, made the handle. No the only thing I have left to do now is sharpen the edge, and it's done. That's impressive. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I probably have like 30 hours into it. Yeah. and it, But it, it looks mint. Now, I imagine making a knife is not something you can do while watching TV or anything. It has to be kind of attention prioritizing. Yep. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> spent a lot of time by myself just, you know, listening to I think I was listening to like Johnny Cash and stuff. Yeah. Some old music. <laughs> Setting the mood. <laughs> Setting the mood. Yeah. Just getting it done. But it was a I lot of fun. I could see you dipping it in the uh, <laughs> dipping in the oil or something, listening to Ring of Fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was that was a cool experience. Um, I want to do another one. Not in a rush to do another one. Mm hmm. Because it is so time-consuming. Yeah. I actually had to pull myself away because I was starting to rush it. Yeah? Yep. It's crazy. The the polish I was able to get on it, it's like a mirror. Mm -hmm. It's super, super shiny. So it's done done? Like I said, um, just got to put an edge on it. Right. And it's done. That's pretty cool. Yep. And the heat treating worked because I should have... I had to drill two holes in the handle mm -hmm. or where I was going to put the handle to fasten it. And I should have done that before I heat treated it. Okay. I did it afterwards, and I actually had to bring it over to my buddy's house who has, like, milling machines, and we broke three bits trying to make two holes. Oh, my God. Yeah, it became that that hard. Wow. Now, is this knife you made for any specific purpose? Nope. Just an all-purpose utility knife? Just kinda? an all-purpose, yeah. it's Of course, it's not a folding knife. Right. You know, it's a full-tang knife. Uh, I want to say the blade's, like, four inches long. So it's just a good all-around. Stabby knife. Stabby knife, yeah. <laughs> I have to bring it back to crazy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it is pretty heavy. You could knock somebody out with it too yeah, if you wanted yeah. to. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So that was that was a cool experience. That was fun. Nice. And then probably my last one would be, and this one's very recent. At least it hit the news this week. Mm -hmm. Is I don't want to go too much into it because honestly, I didn't really look it up. Okay. So I don't want to. I know it happened. <laughs> okay. But I, I don't. I want to say it was some Swedish scientists that have teleported something whoa way whoa what wait what yeah really yes not yeah. not like they didn't teleport a cat or something it's okay. very it's very minimal like molecular 
it doesn't really make sense to me because honestly, it sounds like the internet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, Is the internet an abstract concept you can't wrap your brain around? <laughs> well, I can understand that. What what they said was they have been able to teleport information. Okay. From one space to another, and I'm like, we the already do fuck that. Does that mean? I don't yeah. know. It's like it's like quantum information that they have moved. Okay. And it it it's basically it's it's proven the theory that it's possible to teleport interesting yeah i feel like i'm in the same camp as you though as yeah I'm... it's like information we already do that <laughs> yeah when you gave me the description i'm like that tells me nothing yes <laughs> aren't we teleporting information from one mic to the other yeah i know we're teleporting right now right now thoughts and ideas through Crazy. language <laughs> That gets me pumped, though. It's like the Enterprise is so close. <laughs> <laughs> when they have holodecks, I'll be super excited. Yeah. Cool. But I love that stuff. I mean, that came up on the um, you should you probably do follow it on uh, Facebook, but the uh, I fucking love science. I don't page. follow it because they do put a lot of nonsense up there, too. Yeah. Uh, but I do see a lot of stuff that other people share. Mm-hmm. And that's usually worth looking up. Yep. I like that page. Yeah. That's it. Cool. That's what I got. Uh, I have a whole bunch, like I said. The first one is an interview. Uh, I know you've been kind of out of the show with your inability to listen in the car lately. But I did an interview last week that I was very excited about. I interviewed the uh, current TNA World Heavyweight Champion. I saw the link. Yes, uh, Eric Young. And the reason that I was so excited about this is not just because of the caliber of guests that I was able to get access to. But this is the first time I was approached. Really? To do the interview. I did not seek him out. I was going to ask you how you got that yeah. interview. Actually, oddly enough, uh, the email came into Volpe. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> because when we go to our conventions and everything, we're put on any number of lists of uh, things. I don't know if maybe it was something that spurred off of our talks with the Mythbusters or anything. But it was an Animal Planet show. I don't know if they're all under the same umbrella or whatnot. Hmm. But uh, we got an email saying that the show uh, was happening the premiere of his new show and if we'd be willing to talk to him these are the days he's available if we could schedule a time so i was like okay oh no thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like okay i'll do that if the, if i can't talk to a guy that i was pitched at as a wrestler who loves video games i don't know what i wouldn't yeah, talk that, to him about he's he's perfect he, for this yeah, show he's basically your target audience exactly him by himself yeah exactly <laughs> just him we, yeah. we rate the show for him specifically <laughs> So uh, that was pretty exciting. And I was like, I don't know what kind of people he's seeking out. But when I was talking to him, he had said that his next stop was Marvel that afternoon after talking to me. That's awesome. And then the following morning, he was on the Today Show. Wow, busy guy. So is that the caliber I'm in now? (laughs) I'm going to pretend the answer is yes. But I was pretty impressed. Or I I don't know. Am I impressed by myself? I don't think that's the case. But. I was just happy to see that we are uh, maybe considered on that level nice to some degree. Did he come here? No, no. Okay. Uh, it was over <laughs> it was over Skype, but okay. No, uh, you can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> no, please stay. <laughs> we can play video games. Exactly. Uh, but it was fun. It was great to talk to him and I want to say thank you to everybody who tweeted me saying how much they loved the interview because all those little little nuggets of feedback, those little tweets, whenever you guys tweet at me and say like oh, I like this particular episode or this or that or whatever. That is just fuel to the fire that keeps us doing this. I really, really appreciate that. Even one tweet that just says, oh, this part was great. 
I really love that because it's hard to get feedback on something like this because it's us recording and just throwing it out into the internet verse. Mm -hmm. So it's often a one way communication. But when you guys let us know through email, through tweets, I love every bit of it that you say. So thank you again for that. Uh, my second geek out is a movie called Her, which I don't know if you heard about. No, I, I'm familiar with it. Okay. I haven't seen it. It was good. It came out, I think, limited release last year. Yep. Uh, and it came out wider this year and on DVD this year. And I finally got around to watching it. I wanted to see it forever. And it was fantastic. Really? Yeah, I had heard nothing but good things. And they were all well-founded. It was a fantastic movie. Joaquin Phoenix uh, stars in it. And uh, Scarlett Johansson provides the voice of his OS for his mobile phone. And it's the uh, maybe not too distant future. But it kind of shows the direction that technology is taking us, where everyone is even more attached to their mobile devices. So there is less interaction between people and more interaction through people through their phones. It's it's kind of strange, but it sets up the universe that we're uh, kind of exploring, like the ideas that a phone has uh, an AI operating system and can actually learn from you and grow and all that stuff to learn more about you and interact with you as a person would. And then it escalates, obviously, from there. But it asks a lot of interesting questions and about the future. And they're all very set up well and a uh, great story and all that. Mm. Yeah. And Joaquin Phoenix was amazing in it. I yeah. mean, the, the movie is largely driven by him. It has to be. Yeah. Obviously. I wonder how they filmed it. Like if someone was off camera reading the lines to him, like if, if Scarlett Johansson's voiceover was done beforehand and added in. Or if he was hearing someone read to him off stage and then they just superimposed her voice in those specific areas because I doubt they were actually talking to each other throughout the movie. But I'm very curious as to how that whole process went down. Mm. It's very cool. Uh, another one. This has gone kind of viral lately. I don't know if you have heard about solar freaking roadways. Do you know what they yeah, are? I actually watched the video last night. Oh, you did. <laughs> I did. That's awesome. Yep. Solar freaking roadways. What are they? They're solar freaking roadways. What do they want from me? Well, they're solar freaking roadways. Okay, so actually this time, what is it? It's technology that replaces all roadways, parking lots, sidewalks, driveways, tarmacs, bike paths, and outdoor recreation surfaces with solar panels. And not just lifeless, boring solar panels. Smart, microprocessing, interlocking, hexagonal solar units. So that's just a small taste of uh, the actual video that did go viral. Originally, the campaign was up and it wasn't super exciting. I mean, it was still an amazing technology, but it just wasn't being promoted the right way. Then this video came out, the Solar Freaking Roadways one that went crazy viral. Like, I think over nine million people have watched it at this point. And uh, for the campaign that started on April 21st, it eventually got extended, I think. It was at like one point something million and there were 60 something hours left. And then they said, OK, by the encouragement of Indiegogo, we are extending this campaign for like another 22 days or whatever. So they're going to make even more money over their one million dollar goal. But uh, if you didn't completely understand what the technology was based on that, and I'm not saying this to you, Mikey, but also to the audience because you just told me you watched it. But if you haven't heard about solar roadways, the description on their campaign on Indiegogo is that Solar Roadways is a modular paving system of solar panels that can withstand the heaviest of trucks. These solar road panels can be installed on roads, parking lots, driveways, sidewalks, bike paths, playgrounds, literally any surface under the sun. 
They pay for themselves primarily through the generation of electricity, which can power homes and businesses connected via driveways and parking lots. A nationwide system could produce more clean renewable energy than a country uses as a whole. They have many other features as well, including heating elements to stay snow and ice free, LEDs to make road lines and signage, and an attached cable corridor to store and treat stormwater and provide a home for power and data cables. EVs will be able to charge with energy from the sun instead of fossil fuels from parking lots and driveways and after a roadway system is in place. Mutual induction technology will allow for charging while driving. Wow. That's pretty freaking amazing. I didn't hear the charging while driving. That's cool. Yeah, it wasn't a part because I don't think we have that technology completely 100% together, and it's not necessarily a part of the panels as they are now. I think the cars would have to have that technology installed in them, but it's something to work towards because imagine if you could just drive on the road and the road is powering your car without any extra effort on your behalf whatsoever. That's cool. That's pretty it's kind of freaking like the, amazing. It's kind of like the hybrids now. Some of them had the ability to start recharging their battery as they break. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly, it could almost be like magnets in the road and mag, different type of magnet in the car. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the difference could charge possibly. Yeah, and they could have all these different combinations of things that could do it. And then I'm sure they'd have some emergency stations set up to charge your car if you were really critically low and just were not charging yep. for whatever reason. But it's so cool because imagine, I mean, with this system, there would never, ever be a pothole. Right. And that's so cool because if you haven't seen the video, it's not like the solar panel is directly on the ground. Mm -hmm. The solar panels are elevated. So even if there was a heave from beneath, it's not going to affect the roadway above. Right. Which is awesome. So you're going to save a ton of money in town maintenance Mm -hmm. that way. Um, If they ever had to do another... You know, they're, they'll pave a road and then a year later they'll rip it up because they have to do like some type of sewer tie-in. Right, right. At that point, they could just lift up the panels, do the work underneath, put it back down. Yep. So you're not even having to pay for new panels. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I think they just need like one town, not the whole town, but like the town center mm-hmm. to actually invest in it. Yeah. And see how it's going to work. And then I think if one, I think it's just going to take one like major city or major town sure. to do it and it'll take off. It's probably going to be starting out in the private sector. Yep. They'll they'll do their prototype parking lot or whatever they're doing now with the the funding that they're completing. Then as the private sector starts to use it putting parking lots in which would allow them to power their own company or whatever building that is. Like my first thought was a movie theater something like that. You have the parking lot all as these solar panels or solar roadways. And not only would they power the movie theater and all the devices inside of it, but on a weekend when it gets busier, they could use those LED lights that reconfigure the setup and they could change their entire parking setup because they could just change the lines instantly. So they could allow for maybe more parking on a specific day based on the need to get in there. Things like that. That would be pretty amazing. So then they're getting the money or earning what they need to do that way, which they could then approach the public sector with after all that. And hopefully start that process. Now, this is probably a long way off from becoming a public sector reality, maybe 10 to 20 years before it's really, really implemented. But I can honestly say within the last, I don't know, within maybe my lifetime that I've never seen a technology as forward thinking and that could change the world like this since the Internet. Yeah, this is world changing technology. Yeah, I I think it has a lot of different things that'll help out. Like you said, LED 
So there's never going to be any road painting, right. which means if there is ever maintenance being done, they might not even necessarily have to put down cones because they could just change the lanes. Right. You know, automatically. Right. So you just feel like you're still where you're supposed to be, which is pretty neat. Yeah. I mean, aside from all the surplus energy, a few of the selling points that were just like, oh, my God, why has nobody ever thought of something like this before? Is the idea that they're pressure sensitive and like a moose is walking across the street at night and the panels light up under the moose's footsteps. And it also sends a message to panels so many feet down the road saying slow down obstruction ahead or something like that so that you know and you're not going to go barreling into it and the fact that the entire uh like east coast at least when it's getting into the winter months the fact that the roads would be clear because they're heated just above the freezing level so you would never have ice or snow on the roads that is unbelievable that is the biggest game changer right there oh and Honestly, just that alone in on the whole East Coast, it'll pay for the system. Absolutely. So quickly. Yeah. I forget what the salt budgets are in this, you know, per state. Mm-hmm. But I like they have like salt budgets of like, you know, it's like a ten million dollars. Right, right. You know, it, it's ridiculous amounts of money that they blow every single winter. Yep. And it's not like any of this money is ever banked either. So it's not like it gets pooled up if it doesn't get used. Sure. You know, the town will take it and, and spend it somewhere else. So if you're not spending that much money and then you, if you just invested it into the system, mm-hmm. it'll pay for itself extremely quickly. Yeah. Cool system. Yeah. It's, it just blew my mind. Like and I've all, shown it to all my classes and stuff and then like, just look at this. Yeah. Look at the potential here. And honestly, like you said, if it's pressure sensitive, I almost wonder if it could be sensitive enough that it could almost sense like a drunk driver because they, they're because notorious. of the irregular pattern. Yeah. Because if they're constantly weaving back and forth, it might be interesting. Enough to like send a signal to a police department to at least check it out. Sure. That sounds cool. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. But yeah, it makes absolute sense. So if you haven't checked that out, even if you just Google solar freaking panels, you will run into the video and the campaign and everything. I will link to both in the show notes as well. But if you want to find it on your own, you can do that too. And I highly encourage everybody to contribute. I threw 10 bucks in. I was like, the hell, why not? World-changing technology? Yeah, I'll throw like 10 bucks in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no biggie. I mean, they already hit their goal, so great. Yeah. But still, every little bit counts. Um, my next geek out is an announcement from a game uh, that was announced. That's what games do when they're announced, they're announced. See, like I said, I'm a little tired today. I'm a little <laughs> off, yeah. <laughs> um, Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham. I don't think I've seen that one. Ah, it just came out last week. A okay. uh, new trailer. Well, not the game, the trailer for the game. Apparently, this game, the next game in the Lego Batman series, will include more than 150 characters, the biggest roster any Lego game has ever seen, including members of the Justice League and Lego big figures such as Killer Croc and Solomon Grundy. It will be available in fall 2014 for Xbox One, Xbox 360, PlayStation 4, PS3, PS Vita, Wii U, Nintendo 3DS, and Windows PC. So pretty much everything, as most Lego games are. I'm very excited for it because I loved the other two Lego Batman games. They're two of the only games on my console that I have 100 percented and done every single thing because I just enjoy playing them so freaking much. Uh, but I am highly looking forward to that. I still haven't played Marvel superheroes Lego. Uh, that looked really good. That I looks was, really I was good tempted too. to buy that. And I yeah. Didn't. Yeah. I was I was very tempted to buy myself and you a copy so that we I had someone <laughs> to true, play with online. The online. Yeah. Right. Right. I think good. I'm actually waiting for until I get PS4 to get it just because i know there are no load times on ps4 and a game like that is something you can like hop into for like 20 minutes and be like okay i'm gonna stop now and i'll come back later 
Now on that, if you had PS4, that game for PS4, and I still have my PS3, could we still play online? I don't think so, hmm. unfortunately. That'd be the bummer. Although, you know what? Maybe now I'll just get Lego Marvel Super Heroes for PS3 so we can play that together, <laughs> and I'll get Batman when that for comes four? out for PS4. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and my last geek out is I finally watched the Warehouse 13 series finale. Really? It is all over. I took a little longer than um, necessary to see it, and I will explain why in the freakouts. But I was very pleased with the ending of it all. Uh, it left some doors open. It was one of those kind of nice endings. I was like, yes, it's over, but their journey's not necessarily stopping kind of idea. Uh, and it it tied all the characters up. And at first, it kind of looked like they were going to do a clip show. But all the clips they jumped to were new things. They weren't, like, retreading old material necessarily. They did show some clips. But it definitely was not a clip episode. And I really liked the way that it did end. So I was very happy. Of course, sad to see it go. But very happy that it got its proper due on the way out. Nice. So let's then. Good. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I thought of one. And I should have mentioned it. Yes. This season, season four of the Game of Thrones is unbelievable. Is it really? It is so good. That series, I, I do, I'll admit, I struggle with series a lot of times mm -hmm. because I will lose interest over time because there's not enough like story change for okay. me. You know, it just stays pretty stale. You just can't even guess where the show is going. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's not it's even gone beyond what the author has written. Okay. They've they've made some pretty drastic changes on it. Sure. And it's just it's just great. If you haven't seen the show, you should check it out. I've been meaning to forever. Everyone tells me to, and I'm like, more things yeah. to add on the list. Oh, Although it, Warehouse 13 is over, so maybe I have room for another one. Who knows? <laughs> I, oh, the character list is so big, though. It's so hard to under, you know, there's so many families that are yeah. separate. But it See, is that's what drives follow. me crazy. Like, when the names are difficult to remember, yep. it's really hard to just be like, wait, who's that person again? I don't know. Yeah. And there's just like a lot of like different like families mm -hmm. and you're just trying to figure it out. I still love it anyway, but yeah. good, good show. Cool. I will check that out. Okay. All right. Let's freak out then. Oh, freak out. Okay. I'm going to jump it in this one first just because it is related to my last geek out. Coming in hot. Yeah. I had mentioned that the Warehouse 13 series finale, I did not get to watch it on time. I don't watch things when they're on TV. I always see them after the fact. So I saw that the season five, the last season of Warehouse 13, actually became available to buy on Amazon the day after the finale aired. So I was like, you know what? Instead of trying to get it any other way, I'm just going to buy the last season. I'll have it in two days. It's not that long to wait. And then I will enjoy it all in one kind of binge watch and best quality I can get from it because it's better than watching on like a streaming service or anything like that. So ordered it. Was uh, all excited with my two-day Prime shipping. Then I got a note from UPS on the tracking saying that the receiver was not available at the time of the first delivery attempt. A second attempt will be made. And I thought, it's a DVD. <laughs> put it in the mailbox. <laughs> they always just put them in my mailbox. Yeah. What's going on? So I was like, okay, that's obnoxious, but I'll have it tomorrow. Yep. So didn't get it on the Thursday like I expected to. Friday comes along. No DVD. Saturday comes along. No DVD. Ugh. So now I have to wait the weekend. Now, this is Memorial Day weekend, too. Okay. So I'm not going to get it on Monday because it can't be delivered then. My whole thing was I'll have it for the three-day weekend, and I can <laughs> I can watch it then. Yeah. And it didn't happen. 
And I didn't get it till uh, the following Wednesday or something. Jeez. And I have no idea why, because UPS was busy sucking their own dick. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted my Warehouse 13 DVD, and it did not come with two-day prime shipping. I blame Amazon in no way whatsoever. This is the fault of the delivering company. I was going to be like, I'm just going to drive to Shrewsbury and take this thing because they're making me mental. Have you ever done that? I haven't. That is the biggest pain in the ass. Yeah. Stacy ordered my wife. She ordered a digital camera okay. a couple years back. Same thing happened. First delivery, can't deliver. I understand. I mean, that was that was like a nine hundred dollar camera. Mm-hmm. I don't want them leaving that. So finally, it came up. It's like, all right, if you don't take delivery for this, it's going to get sent back to the you know to whoever you bought it from. Sure. So she's like, oh, you know, I got to work at night. Can you please go down to Shrewsbury and pick that up? Like yeah, I can do that. I figured you'd go up to the a window. Somebody's gonna be there. You hand them a slip. Hey, mm-hmm. this is the package I want to get. And they go get it. No, no. You gotta wait for the truck that it's supposed to be delivered by to show up in the parking lot. It opens up its door and it's like a mad rush of people that form a line behind the truck. Oh my god! So you gotta figure out which truck it's coming from. So you, you don't know. even know. You don't know. And by the time it's done, there's like 20 trucks parked out in the parking lot with doors open, and they're they're just trying to hand out packages. That's insane. It's a pain in the balls. Wow. (laughs) That does not sound like fun. I'm glad I didn't attempt it for a DVD, you know, like. (laughs) For a DVD. Yeah. Oh, man, I'd probably smash it as soon as I got it. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) You caused me so much pain, but I love you, Warehouse 13. (laughs) So that was pretty asinine. Uh, my next one is the neighbor's dog. <laughs> I don't know what the frig got into this thing over the last like week or two, but it, it, it's kind of subsided now. So I guess I should have left it off the list, but it's still there all hours in the morning, like three, four in the morning. Just like, oh, <laughs> the hell is going on? And it happened for like four or five nights in a row. And I felt like I was a zombie waking up because it just interrupts your REM sleep and everything. And. Then I did it like in the middle of the day at one point for no particular reason. I think I was trying to record a show intro, of course. Of course. It was the only time I was trying to record something. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> uh, I rarely have violent thoughts towards animals. But <laughs> when you wake up at three in the morning and you're dead tired, there's bad thoughts that come yeah. into your head. Yep. Yeah. But I think it has subsided. I'm hoping bringing it up doesn't inspire some sort of universal <laughs> reignition of it. Uh, and the last one, I don't know if you're going to be bummed about it as I am, but maybe uh, because you went to New York with me and got to meet the guy, uh, you'll be a little Oh, I heard. Yeah, upset. I know which one you're yeah. going to talk uh, about. TBS has canceled the Pete Holmes show. Yeah, that is unfortunate. Which is a big bummer. The statement from TBS said, quote, we recognize Pete as one of the most relevant comedians working today. We love the show and gave it two chances. We just couldn't draw the audience needed to justify a third round. We hope we'll get to work with him again. The show itself got a total run of 20 weeks and 80 episodes, which is pretty damn good, even though it was only like kind of two runs of it. Uh, It will continue to air new episodes until its finale on June 19th. And Pete also shared his thoughts on the cancellation on his Facebook page. And in typical Petey Pants fashion, was positive and optimistic. Here's a small portion of what he had to say. Quote, I just want to let everyone know that while the news isn't what I was hoping for, my main takeaway from this entire wonderful experience is extreme gratitude. I talked to and worked with my heroes. I met incredible athletes and filmmakers. I shook hands regularly with a puppet. I got to work every day in a magical chocolate factory of joy, side by side with some of my best friends, laughing and being silly all day. And then I got to share it with our fans. It was an absolute dream come true. 
So, of course, Pete, being Pete, was all wide-eyed and bushy-tailed about it still. I will link to that full post, his Facebook page post, uh, in the show notes if people want to read the entire thing. Pete's just a, an all-around stand-up guy. Uh, stand-up, hey, puns, what's up? <laughs> uh, and a great stand-up comedian, and I'm a huge fan of his. So it's it's disappointing to see the show go. But uh, he also mentions in the statement, too, that this is kind of like not a bad thing in any way because now he has a portfolio. He has something he can take out and shop around and be like, this is what I can bring to your network, something Mm -hmm. along these lines. Is there something you would like to do in this vein? So hopefully we'll see that maybe not transition in this exact format to somewhere else, but we'll see his brand of humor transition somewhere else instead. Yeah, I blame the timing of his show. Yeah, it was too late. I agree. You know, it's not like it wasn't some like dirty, raunchy stand up show that it needed to be on at midnight. midnight? Yeah, Yeah, midnight after Conan. I mean, I would have been, you know, I would have felt just fine having my kids, middle aged kids, watching the show. Yeah. So, yeah, midnight. I mean, I I, almost feel like stay up that late anymore. No, oh, God, no. Close. (laughs) (laughs) I almost feel like he should have just been paid to do like the viral videos. Like all oh, the bits and stuff, all, those all the segments, humor videos were mint. right, and most of that's prior to the P Home Show existing. Yeah. But he took a lot of those bits and those sketches and those characters and did them on his show, and that's what I watched all the time because yep. I couldn't always watch the show because I just wasn't up. Mm-hmm. But and it was only a half hour. He had one guest if he had a guest on, and it almost always said for the full interview, go to pholmes.com and watch it there because they would have to edit it down so much because he only had a half hour show. Yeah. So the the show wasn't long enough. Uh, it, it suffered from the, the wrong timing. But I don't think this is the end of what he's going to be doing oh, no at way. all. He is way too fucking talented. Mm-hmm. So he'll be picked up somewhere else. Again, maybe not in this capacity, but uh, he will have some future TV work, no doubt whatsoever. I agree. What are your freakouts? Hmm, well, this one goes back quite a while. Uh, this is vehicle related. Hmm. You know, it was it was uh, the winter time. You know, I'm laid off at this point. Yep. And um, I'm driving around, and all of a sudden, my truck is just making like a really, really loud clunking sound. Okay. And I honestly thought maybe over time from driving on the roads, that slush had gone up underneath my truck and had frozen, and it was just like a big block of ice under there. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, even the like the the back end of my truck, it felt heavy, like I had something in there. Sure. So I'm thinking, I'm like, maybe it's ice or something. And I kept. You know, I kind of got down, I'm looking, I'm like, you know, I don't see anything wrong. And I drove it around a little while longer, I noticed, you know, it was still doing the same thing. So I finally, I'm like on my back, underneath my truck, and my frame was broken. Oh, damn. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Like, my shock wasn't even connected anymore. Yep. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. I talked to my wife's cousin, he runs uh, the department at one of the technical high schools, and he's like, oh yeah, he says, I can take care of that for you. I'm like, oh, sweet. You know, this is going to, this is perfect timing to save money. You sure, know, not sure. working right now. I, so he's like, yeah. He's like, I'll swing by. You know, my wife and I, we actually uh, took a quick ski trip up to New Hampshire. And he's like, yeah, you know, while you're gone, your truck's going to be sitting there. I'll, I'll go take a look at it. And uh, he never did. You know, oh. he was, he was busy. Yeah. So when I got back, I'm like, oh, did you check that out? And he says, no, can you send me a picture? I send him a picture. He's like, uh <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah i don't think we're gonna be able to touch that wow <laughs> oh my god no i was freaking out and uh, yeah. eventually he recommended me to somebody and I, I did get that fixed 
But oh my god, and it, it didn't cost me as much, nearly as much as I thought it was. Oh good, yeah, but, frames a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it was a, it's a pretty big deal, you yeah. know. And it, yeah, it kind of put a little damper on my thought of that truck. You know, I'm like, god damn it, I'm still making payments on it, and the thing's rusting out on me. Yeah, so that sucked. And then this kind of goes back to like I said, I get laid off in the winter time when I plow. Sure. And they've changed how everything in unemployment works. I'm not saying I'm against it. Okay. And the, they're making changes because they're trying to stop people from committing unemployment fraud. Sure. Which is fine by That's me. That's good. You know, I do everything legit. You mm-hmm. know, I work until I get laid off. And, well, unemployment, it's not like it's just like taxpayers' money going to pay me as right. I sit on my ass in the house. Right, right. My work while I'm working is paying in advance for this to happen. Sure. So it's not coming out of your pocket. So don't worry about it. <laughs> but anyway, one this was back in March. We had like two snow two weeks of snowstorms. Yeah. And when I work in the wintertime, I have to let them know. Mm-hmm. And basically it's gonna shut me off for that week. Sure. Well, I went two weeks where I couldn't claim. And then after that, we went five weeks where the weather was beautiful mm-hmm. and I did not have to work. Well, unemployment just assumed, because I didn't work for two weeks, that I had gone back to work. Oh. So they canceled my unemployment. Oh. So I knew that sometimes it can take a little while for it to get going. Mm -hmm. Week goes by, no money. Two weeks go by. Three weeks go by. (laughs) Like, what's going on? Four weeks go by. Five weeks go by. Five weeks, no money coming in. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah, I'm sure. Sucks big time. It took me nine weeks to get five weeks worth of pay. Oh shit! I had I had actually gone back to work full time. Yep. Before you know, and worked like three weeks before I finally got my unemployment. Wow. That that was very hard. Yeah. That was very very hard, and it was all because of the new system. I went down, like I had said, I went to unemployment, and after that, I went and got my motorcycle permit. Mm-hmm. I went to unemployment in Southbridge, and they're like, "Oh yeah, because of the new system, we can't even help you here." It all has to go through Boston. Oh, wow. So and so what's the point of their facility? I, even? That's why. I mean, I didn't want to be an asshole, but that's why I, what I, I wanted to say. We're like, well, why are you here? Right. You know, well, you should be shut down then yeah. or move to Boston. You know, <laughs> you need unemployment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that that sucked big time. I mean, and finally, like eight weeks after I hadn't gotten paid, I, I called up Boston and be like, what do I need to do to mm-hmm. make this happen? Sure. I they had sent me paperwork, you know, like there was like questionnaires, I a couple questionnaires I had to fill out. And when I called up Boston, they're like, Oh, I can see on the system that you just haven't been given to an adjuster yet. So mm. I'm like, You telling me my paperwork has just been sitting around, nobody's even bothered to look at it. And then after that week, I got all my money. <laughs> wow. So I mean I didn't go nine weeks, but I went at least five weeks without seeing any money. That sucks. I think it was six. Yeah, that blew. Yeah. That blew hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, and now it's like, even now still, it's like I'm almost like just getting back to normal. Yeah. It sucked. So that's that. And then uh, this one, I think this summer's, well, I I call it summer. Sure. You know, (laughs) but this spring has been worse than any, than I can remember of the amount of road construction going on. Yeah. Everywhere I go, it's just road construction. I have seen a bit. Yeah, now that I think about it. Like, in my town, there are two different, two separate 
constructions going on that interfere with each other. Oh. Like one of them would have been like a shortcut around this construction. Yeah. And they shut they completely shut it down. So it's like, all right, you just completely screwed everybody in this area. The traffic is horrendous on the only main route through, which is like Route 20. Right. That's like through a, a crawl. All these places on the Mass Pike are all torn up. It's like, oh, my God. If only you had waited to do this section until this one was done. Well, it's and... pretty obvious that even other towns never, like, talk to each other about what they're going right, to do. Right. Because, like I said, on Route 20, you know, there's, like, three different towns doing construction on the same exact road. Yeah. It's like, can't you at least space it out so, you know, one's done in the spring, one in the summer, one in the fall? Sure, sure. No, they don't care. <laughs> that just, it blows. <laughs> that does suck. Man, you hate being on the roads. I do. The- <laughs> and then, then the worst, worst part is I drive all the time right. for work. You know, I drive all over the place. Well, that's that's also what exposes you to all yeah, this stuff. It's, so. Yeah, so I think I probably maybe see it more than the average person. Sure. You know, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, one day I'll be in Boston. I've been up to New Hampshire. I'll be all the way out Springfield, down in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. sometimes some of these places more than one in a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty crazy, but whatever. You do what you, <laughs> you, you do what you got to do. Make ends meet. Yep. Any others? No. Alrighty. Let's then go into this week's smash up. Oh, smash! Yeah. People love the smash up. Uh, we've been doing it for a little while now. And last time I asked you to smash up Godzilla and any other movie to create uh, the synopsis and title of a new Godzilla film that would just be completely ridiculous because Godzilla doesn't belong in it, essentially. The two examples that I gave before were Elfzilla. After inadvertently wreaking havoc on the elf community due to his ungainly size, a giant prehistoric lizard raised as an elf at the North Pole is sent to Japan in search of his true identity, wreaking havoc along the way. (laughs) And Goodzilla Hunting. Godzilla, a 30-story tall reptile, has a gift for mathematics but needs help from psychologists to find direction in his life. (laughs) Both ridiculous concepts, and you guys came back with some that were even crazier. The first one came in, and I did take the best of the best, so I didn't include everything from everybody. Uh, Superfan wrote one in that was just the title. But you need the title and the synopsis on these or else the title alone doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So when we're smashing up synopses and creating something new, that all needs to be in there. So uh, Chuck writes in, Slumdog Godzillionaire. Jamal, an 18-year-old orphan from the slums of Mumbai, is poised to win millions of rupees on a popular Indian game show when the television studio is overrun with monsters. Jamal phones his friend Godzilla for help, and an epic battle ensues. <laughs> I enjoy the idea of uh, phoning up Godzilla yeah. <laughs> during a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game. So that was a great answer. Uh, and Chuck also added in, as a New England-raised wrestling comics movie TV fan living in Colorado, I just wanted to say that I really enjoy the podcast. Thanks for cranking it out on such a regular basis. So, yay, Ego Boost. <laughs> Thanks, Chuck. Uh, That's what I'm talking about, guys. Those little emails, those little tweets. We love them all. The next one comes in from Aaron Shuck, who uh, also mentioned that he loves the Shuck chant we did for him recently. Volpe's not here, though, so you'll have to wait around on that one. I don't think Mikey's knowing the Shuck chant anyway. So (laughs) it's uh, it's okay. It's okay. It'll come back when Volpe's here. Uh, Aaron Shuck writes in Godzilla 2 Judgment Day. 
A Godzilla, identical to the one who failed to kill Sarah Connor, must now protect her teenage son, John, from a more advanced Godzilla made out of liquid metal. I support that because (laughs) liquid metal Godzilla is a solid, solid premise. Love it. The last set, and I tried to pick the best from everybody. Uh, These are from Paul O. And Paul O wrote in, I think, like four or five ideas. And I included pretty much all of them because they're all phenomenal. He took it to another level. The first one is Mighty Morphin Godzilla Rangers. After years of conflict, Godzilla is tired of fighting for the ungrateful humans who do nothing but sue him for property damage. So he subcontracts his atomic powers to five teenagers with attitudes who fight on his behalf. Oh, and since Godzilla is short on cash due to pending lawsuits, these teenagers share one Zord, the broken down frame of Mecha Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) Solid premise. Love it. The next one is Godzilla, the desolation of Smaug. I think he just wanted me to say Smaug again. Yeah. <laughs> Godzilla wants to crowdfund his legal fees related to his destruction of San Francisco, but fails when he finds out Kickstarter does not allow funding for giant atomic lizards. So he seeks out Smaug, who owes him for that thing last time. And the movie is literally just three hours of Godzilla traversing Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sounds like uh, Lord of the Rings. Exactly, right. <laughs> just walking around everywhere. A lot of walking. Uh, so solid idea there. The next one is The Hunger Games Catching Godzilla. Upset that their efforts to kill Katniss and PETA have failed repeatedly, the organizers of The Hunger Games task their champions with hunting and capturing Godzilla. After they inevitably fail, Godzilla stomps the shit out of this fake world, (laughs) and the rest of us applaud in celebration. (laughs) Love it. And the last one, and maybe the best one to go. The Fast and the godzilla <laughs> Godzilla takes the place of Paul Walker as Brian O'Connor. Too soon? I don't know. I don't think so. Disgraced cop and international criminal who finally meets his match in Agent Hobbs, played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. After a stalemate between The Rock and Godzilla, they decide to team up and hunt down criminals that present risks to our nation, both foreign and domestic. The movie ends with The Rock riding Godzilla into the sunset. Take my money! (laughs) Take all my money! Are you kidding me? A movie with The Rock riding Godzilla? I am so in. (laughs) That sounds amazing, and I want to watch it right now. Uh, He also added in, I'm a huge fan of your work with the podcast and have a good reason to look forward to Monday thanks to you. So we appreciate that uh, little note from you as well. And uh, now I have something to look forward to because I have a script to write, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) The Fast and the godzilla I I think they'd let me do it. I don't see why why not. not. Sure. Um, So thanks again for those smash-ups. Those were absolutely tremendous. I realize that the meshing of concepts is a lot harder than just wordplay at times. But I think the results are far better oftentimes, too. So our next smash-up that we're going to leave you with uh, is Restaurants that comic book characters might own. So we're going again, kind of conceptual, come up with a name. It could be punny if you want. It doesn't have to be, but smash up a comic book character and the idea of a restaurant and what they might own based on that. So I am going to give two examples. I always give some just to get the ball rolling. The first idea is Galactus's Grand Buffet. For when you've got an out-of-this-world appetite that can't be satisfied. Easy enough. And the Raging Cajun. From Southern Gumbo to Creole Gator, this half-restaurant, half-casino has something for everybody. Go ahead and pick a meal. Any meal. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, those are my two thoughts right there. Obviously, the second one is Gambit for people that can't put that together. 
when you have your ideas, you can email those to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com or tweet them to at Geek Generation. These longer ones, I don't necessarily expect a lot of tweets. Maybe uh, these premises aren't too long, but go ahead and email to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. We look forward to hearing those. We're going to take a quick break right now, and we will be back with the news. Hey, Amazon users. If you'd like to help support the show, please go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon, which will bring you right to the Amazon homepage. If you make a purchase after using this link, you've helped the show by earning us a commission, and it won't cost you any extra money. Please use this link for all your future Amazon shopping. That's thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. Hi, guys. I'm Eddie McClintock. I play Special Agent Pete Latimer on Sci-Fi's Warehouse 13, and you're listening to The Geek Generation. Peace! Welcome back. We are jumping into the news with our first big news story here. The film previously referred to as Batman vs. Superman now has an official title. Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. There's the logo. There's the title. What do you think of the title? I like it. Yeah? Yeah. And um, I saw an article. I didn't realize that he was going to end up being the largest Batman to date. What do you mean by largest? Tallest. Oh. Heaviest. Really? Yes. I guess that makes sense for what they're pulling material from. Yeah. Yeah, the Dark Knight Returns. He was a bulkier, bigger yeah. Batman. I want to say he is six foot three, hmm. and he's expected to be about 210. He's actually going to be taller than Cavill, isn't he? That's going to be interesting, because normally you think about him almost on the same level. I wonder if they'll shoot him that way, though, at the same height to kind of like... I, be- I bet they will. Yeah, I would know. assume so. I don't think the Dawn of Justice part is necessary. You don't need a title on Batman vs. Superman. No, that basically tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's still just going to call it Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. And I hate the V. Just make it a verse. Come on Actually, I didn't even notice the V. From a designer's perspective, don't call it Batman because people are going to be, wait, is it Batman v. Superman? Because nobody uses that anymore. Batman 5? Right. Who's Batman (laughs) 5? Batman 5 Superman. Oh, my God. So... I like the logo still. That's great. But I don't think we necessarily need the Dawn of Justice subtitle. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they're telling us, oh, they're going to fight each other. But it's all going to be happy and nice. Yeah. Dawn of Justice. So thanks for spoiling that aspect. <laughs> that we all knew was going to happen anyway. Uh, the next, this is a big one that's been happening over the last week or so. Marvel Studios and Edgar Wright have revealed that the director will be leaving the Ant-Man movie over creative differences. The official statement reads, Marvel and Edgar Wright jointly announced that the studio and director have parted ways on Ant-Man due to differences in their vision of the film. The decision to move on is amicable and does not impact the release date on July 17th, 2015. A new director will be announced shortly. This came as a huge shock to the internet as Wright has been involved in the development of the Ant-Man property since 2006 and had the full support of fans. So with the internet being the internet, there were some pretty bad reactions. Two Marvel directors, however, stepped up in an attempt to show their support and ease the masses. Avengers director Joss Whedon posted this photo on Twitter in an appropriate tribute to Wright. Do you understand the connection? No. Okay, so 
that is a Cornetto ice cream cone. Okay. In Edgar Wright's movies, his movies were Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, yep. and The World's End. Mm-hmm. That is referred to as the Cornetto trilogy because within those three movies, you can find, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily hidden, but references to a different flavor of Cornetto ice cream. So people refer to those movies as the Cornetto trilogy. So in support of Edgar Wright, hmm. Joss Whedon holding up a Cornetto. Didn't say anything, just simply left that there. That's cool. Yeah, very nice, uh, yeah. perfect tribute. And Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn posted to Facebook encouraging fans to not choose sides in the dispute. He said it's easy to try to make one party right and another party wrong when a breakup happens, but it often isn't that simple. Or perhaps it's even more simple than that. Not everyone belongs in a relationship together. It doesn't mean they're not wonderful people, and that's true of both Edgar Wright and Marvel. One of them isn't a person, but I think you get what I mean. So they just weren't supposed to be working together. That's rough, though. It is rough. If he's been working on it six to seven years to just walk away from it, wow. Yeah. There must have been some serious differences. Well, we did get some answers, fortunately. As originally rumored, Wright's departure from Ant-Man seems to be the result of changes to his script. Marvel Studios reportedly had some notes about the script and tasked the rewrite to someone other than Wright and his co-writer Joe Cornish, which resulted in a new draft that didn't fit Edgar's vision for the film. So I think he thought it was too homogenized fitting the the tone that Marvel is kind of set in all of their movies. And he's just, he's different. He takes a different approach. Well, I have a feeling he probably wanted to produce a standalone film. And I have a feeling Marvel, being Marvel, wanted it to tie in to everything that they've already created. I did see a little bit of that talked about too, yeah. And Ant-Man is supposed to be the first movie of Phase 3. Mm-hmm. So as the first Marvel movie following Avengers 2, Avengers Age of Ultron, you've got to be on board with the rest of it. Yep. So that probably was a factor in it too. But it's a bummer to see Edgar Wright go. Uh, I Obviously, not everything he did is lost. I mean, he set the cast and everything at a hand in that. He set the original tone of the movie. I don't know how much it's going to change. So this is the first uh, perceptually bad move that Marvel has made up to this point. At least we think it might be a bad move because we don't know how the final film is going to result yet. So it's really hard at this point to make a judgment call as to whether or not this is a wise decision. So we'll have to wait and see, I guess, really. But so far to this point, Marvel really hasn't had a misstep. So it's wait and see, give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I would agree with that. I guess. I don't know if you've been following. I'm sure you've seen this somewhere because this has gone viral lately, too. But LeVar Burton has taken (laughs) to Kickstarter to reignite one of his most popular past projects, Reading Rainbow. After the launch of the Reading Rainbow app for iPad two years ago, it's gone on to become the number one educational app with almost 15 million books read and videos watched. The goal of the Kickstarter campaign is to deliver Reading Rainbow in three new ways. Put Reading Rainbow on the web, build a specialized classroom version for use in schools, and deliver Reading Rainbow for free to schools in financial need. After only 12 hours from launch, the campaign hit its goal of $1 million, inspiring, (laughs) I know, right? Inspiring this emotional reaction from LeVar. I don't know what to say. We've just crossed the million-dollar threshold. It is our first day. I uh, am overwhelmed. 
Thank you so much. This is going to enable us to really, really, really do a lot of good. I am so proud that this community has come together to support this effort. And it's, it's, it's a people's thing. It's the five, it's the 10, it's the 25, it's, it's the $1 pledges. It's unbelievable. Or actually, it's actually very believable. Thank you so much. We are literally changing the world um, one children's book at a time. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, this show is kind of his life's work. He's still doing it. Yep. He's still doing the video field trips and all that stuff. But to get that money that quick, it just shows him that how much people love what he does. Right, right. And that's awesome. And there's a little bit of controversy going around with it because if you read the Kickstarter carefully, the money is going to his company, which creates Reading Rainbow, which is a subscription app and service at this point. So it's not going to a startup and it's not going to a charity. And it does say it if you read it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't and just donate based on nostalgia. And that's fine. Some people are feeling misled, but I don't give a fuck. Like (laughs) reading Rainbow, man, bring it back. Uh, After hitting the one million dollar goal, a stretch goal was added. If the campaign hits five million dollars, reading Rainbow will not only come to the web, but also mobile phones, game consoles like Xbox and PlayStation, and set-top boxes like Apple TV and Roku. They'll also be able to increase the target number of classrooms receiving the service for free from 1,500 to 7,500. The campaign went on to exceed $3 million in just three days, and I can almost guarantee that they'll reach their stretch goal. But you don't have to take my word for it. (laughs) I would spike this microphone right now. Yeah. <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> if it wasn't attached to a stand on my desk, I would drop the mic and walk away. I'm proud of that one. <laughs> uh, I'm thrilled that the campaign is doing so well. I donated myself and I donated a fairly significant amount because I want LeVar's autograph on an eight by 10 up on the wall of fame. <laughs> so he is one of my idols from growing up and i will support anything that he does i have patrick stewart on the wall of fame but jordy laforge is my man and i will support him especially for something like this for education which Mm -hmm. is something i'm still passionate about even though the system is broken this is something that can reignite passion for reading which is something people should have In addition to the episodes of the new Star Wars trilogy, Lucasfilm and Disney have begun development on multiple standalone movies that will offer new stories beyond the core saga. Gareth Edwards has been announced as the director of the first standalone film, which will have a screenplay by Gary Whitta. The film is due out December 16th, 2016. Gareth Edwards blazed into the filmmaking forefront with his acclaimed work on Monsters, a film he wrote, directed, and served on as cinematographer and visual effects artist. The skill and vision readily apparent in Monsters earned him the high-profile spot directing this year's smash hit, Godzilla. (laughs) Gary Witter's screenwriting credits include 2010's The Book of Eli, starring Denzel Washington. He is also a well-known journalist and editor in the video game industry, as well as part of the BAFTA award-winning team on Telltale's adaptation of The Walking Dead. So I think this first standalone film is in very, very good hands. I would say so. And we don't know exactly what it's going to be yet, but I'm excited to see it either way. Due to the resounding success of Godzilla, Warner Brothers has announced that a sequel is already in the works. Have you seen Godzilla yet? No. 
oh, we need to go to IMAX. <laughs> it is worth it. it. You know, some people just hate the idea of Godzilla. They think it's stupid. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. We need to go. Yeah. <laughs> it is so good. Uh, for those worried that the previous film's director will be tied up with Star Wars duties, Legendary Pictures CEO Thomas Tull is here to calm your nerves, saying, quote, the plan has always been for Gareth to direct a different film before we started on another Godzilla, but who knew it would be a Star Wars installment? We have a great plan in store for Godzilla fans, and I am looking forward to seeing Gareth's imprint on the Star Wars universe. The Hollywood Reporter goes on to say that Edwards is attached not only for a Godzilla sequel, but for a full trilogy. I am thrilled about that. The first one was so good that I am eagerly awaiting more. Marvel has confirmed that Stardust and Breaking Bad star Charlie Cox has been cast as Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, in the upcoming Netflix series. Drew Goddard has also officially stepped down as showrunner on Daredevil so he can focus on the planned Sinister Six movie for Sony, but he'll remain on as an executive producer. Replacing Goddard as showrunner is Spartacus series creator Stephen S. DeKnight. Okay. No sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't have huge comments on either of those announcements. It's like I'm not super familiar with Charlie Cox, so yay for him. Uh, I like Stardust, and I can't remember who he was. I think he might have been the lead male, but okay, yeah, I haven't. That movie was a while ago. Yeah, it feels like originally seen in the mid-credits scene of the Avengers. Fans have eagerly awaited more information on Thanos and when we'll see more of him. Latino Review is reporting that Thanos will make an appearance in this summer's Guardians of the Galaxy, and that his voice will be provided by actor Josh Brolin. Up to this point, it's also been hinted that Thanos will be the major villain in Phase Three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe most likely as the antagonist in the third Avengers film. So we're going to see Thanos this summer, a couple months away. He will be uh, a factor in Guardians of the Galaxy, not a major one, but he will appear at least long enough to have dialogue that they (laughs) needed someone for. And Josh Brolin, sure, he's a great actor. Why the hell not? I'm in support of it. How much Dragon Ball Z did we watch when we were in college? A lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of not only discovered it, but devoured it yeah. <laughs> during that time. Everybody took their own name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trunks over here. Yeah. I can't remember mine. I remember it was Yamcha. Just Yamcha. And I was pissed when I found out he was just like this nobody fat guy. <laughs> but he was a great character. Yeah. yeah. I remember like, yeah, you can be Yamcha. I'm like, all right, that's cool. And like a month later, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's not a saying at all. <laughs> I think we were kind of out of people at that point. Yeah. We yeah. all claimed all the cool ones. That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> While it hit Japanese theaters over a year ago, the first Dragon Ball Z movie in 17 years is coming to the U.S. this August. Wow. (gasps) Following the events from the Dragon Ball Z television series after the defeat of Majin Buu, a new power awakens and threatens humanity. Beerus, an ancient and powerful god of destruction, searches for Goku after hearing rumors of the Saiyan warrior who defeated Frieza. Realizing the threat Beerus poses to their home planet, The Z Fighters must find a way to stop him before it's too late. Only Goku, humanity's last hope, can ascend to the level of a legendary Super Saiyan God and stop Beerus from destroying Earth and possibly the entire universe. Funimation Entertainment and Screen Vision are partnering together to bring Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods to over 350 screens across the US and Canada. The limited theatrical event will take place on August 5th, 6th, 7th, and 9th. Fans can head over to DragonBallZ.com 
to pre-order tickets when they become available. And I will be doing <laughs> that. I'm very excited for this. Yeah. I was so jealous when I saw last year that Japan was getting a new Dragon Ball Z movie. I knew it was a matter of time, but the fact that they're announcing it like a month prior to being able to see it yep. is awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. We have to go. So we have to see Godzilla and IMAX. Yeah, I got to see that. <laughs> and then we have to go see Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods. Okay. And uh, hopefully Yamcha will be in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stand up. Yeah! <laughs> Yamcha's my boy! <laughs> People will be so confused. I need to make a Yamcha t-shirt just for myself. You know? <laughs> be like, which guy do you like best? Yamcha! He's the best! Uh, MGM and Warner Brothers Pictures have announced that they are partnering with Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin to launch a new feature film trilogy that reimagines 1994's Stargate. Emmerich, who directed and co-wrote the original film with Devlin, is confirmed to direct while Devlin will produce. The original Stargate grossed nearly $200 million at the time of its release and went on to spawn three live-action TV spinoffs, one animated series, and two direct-to-DVD films. Were you a fan of Stargate? Um, Any of the series or the original movie? I actually got into Stargate Atlantis. Okay. I did like that. So I'm, I'm pretty excited that they're going to reboot it. Yeah. Yeah. Although, and it's fine that they're rebooting it. That's great. It's a universe that makes sense to play in. Mm-hmm. But doesn't it defeat the purpose of a reboot to bring back the creators to do it? Yeah. Because you need a fresh mindset, I yeah, think. Yeah, I thought the whole point of a reboot was to reinterpret through fresh eyes. Yeah, unless the only reason why I could see keeping on the original would be if they had regrets at the beginning. They, oh, I wish I, it could have happened like this, mm-hmm. but maybe technology kept them from doing it or yeah. budget or, like I said, if they had a regret, I could see it. It just seems like a universe of so many possibilities. It's like, okay, why bother rebooting? Why not just make new adventures in that universe? Yeah, the the word reboot. I don't even know. Maybe that's the intention, and they're just throwing around the word reboot. And I feel like it just gets tossed around anytime any concept is remade anymore, and people don't. Even, Hollywood doesn't even understand their own stupid term <laughs> <laughs> that they created to just uh, whatever. <laughs> I honestly don't even care about Stargate that much to get that riled up about it. But yeah. Uh, and last news story here: While NBC made the decision to cancel Community after its fifth season. Fans of the show might be happy to know that reports are saying early talks have begun to give the show a sixth season on Hulu. Although it's still early in the process, at least that means that there's hope. Hmm. I guess that's the nice thing about having these new networks like this that can pick up a show like that. Right. To continue it on. To have the other options. And I believe Hulu is owned by NBC. Is it? So it's not going that far, I guess. No. Unless because it's a paid like subscription type thing. Maybe right. that's why they can afford to do Could it be like Hulu that. Hulu Plus only. Yeah. Yeah. And they know that the loyal fan base will pay. It'll be enough to get it going probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty much it this week. Any uh, final thoughts or something you'd like to plug? Of course not. <laughs> You're the most defiant like <laughs> final thought plugger we have. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> uh, to see everything else we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. Like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration. You can follow us at Geek Generation on Twitter and Pinterest. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. 
You can send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com, including your smash-up responses. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time with more stuff later. Make it so.